0: Thirty-four thousand seven hundred and sixty-eight people were surveyed. The sentence gets way less exciting as soon as you say what happened. We're surveyed. And the survey was the most attractive prefecture. Now I'm gonna go ahead and make the assumption it's the most attractive prefecture to visit. But they didn't say but they didn't say that specifically. So it may be the most attractive prefecture by shape. It may be the prefecture that gets you horniest. But we, I'm gonna. I think I think I actually understand the nature of the survey. So the survey was started in 2009, and there's a prefecture called Ibaraki. Now Ibaraki, unfortunately, is regularly at the bottom of the list. There are 47 prefectures. And Ibaraki has ranked forty seventh most years. In two thousand twelve, they moved up to forty sixth. In two thousand twenty, they managed to make it up to forty second. So people were starting to get hornier for Ibaraki than they were before. This year, this is a dramatic pause in the hopes that it builds tension, but actually it still sucks. They, Ibaraki, is still 46th out of 47 prefectures. There's only one other interesting question here. Is which prefecture are people so not horny for that it actually took bottom spot? And that prefecture, the prefecture that is least attractive, is Saga. The number one attractive, horniest prefecture is Hokkaido. So a survey of Japanese people, Hokkaido makes them super horny, Ibaraki and Saga, that well dries up. When speaking to like the tourist board for Ibaraki, I don't know, I guess they're focusing on Ibaraki because most of the years Ibaraki is last, dead last place. Saga, I don't know if it's moved up or down. They only talked about Ibaraki, but I think it's because it's, it's, it's been holding on to this bottom rung for most of the time it's, they've been doing this list. They spoke to the local tourism board, and they said, Ibaraki has unknown appeal, which is something that your aunt would say about some girl she wants to set you up with. Now, I actually, I read this story, and I thought, okay, we can make fun of Ibaraki for a bit for not being the attractive prefecture, but... I then had a secondary thought that Ibaraki and Saga, these places actually would probably be really good places to go, because if they're unattractive in a broad sense, like it's not where the places where people want to go, that would mean it's probably cheaper to go there and there's probably less people. One of the problems I have when I travel around Japan and go on holidays and stuff is like all the holiday spots, all the good spots, they're all packed full of people. Now I'm betting in Ibaraki there are some nice little towns and I haven't checked if there's hot springs and stuff. But there's going to be the standard Japanese stuff there. There's going to be some good restaurants. There's going to be some nice countryside there's going to be stuff to do that you do as a tourist and i bet a they're happier you came to ibaraki because they're so you know tired of being the unattractive sibling of all the prefectures and it might be cheaper because they're more desperate for tourism it might actually be cheaper to go there so i suddenly by the end of reading this i was thinking i think i want to go to ibaraki the least horny or the prefecture that makes people the least horny i think maybe we should put have a push to go to saga and prefectures so every year when they announce this when every year when they announce the most and least attractive prefectures i think we should start aiming towards heading to the least attractive ones because i bet that's where you get the most bang for your buck this So I play a lot of the Yakuza games. There's only like two or three that I haven't played and it's getting to the side ones and then there's judgment and stuff. These are all video games where you play a former Yakuza who solves problems by beating the shit out of them, which is how I think the world should be. I think every time there's a conflict or something, you should just fight and the world would be back in its natural order again, as in I would beat a lot of people, but there are people who can beat me, so they deserve to make those decisions. There are skyscrapers in Japan, all over the world. I don't know, that's not unique to Japan. And in these skyscrapers, they tend to have up the very sort of top floors of really expensive restaurants or bars and stuff. I've only been to a few. I, it's unnecessarily expensive for me to go, so I won't go to them. Even if I have the money, I'm not gonna go to that kind of thing. A 100 customers had booked out basically the whole restaurant. They're, they're having a celebration of sorts. This is on the 58th floor of the Sunshine 60 Tower in Ikebukuro. So, pretty famous place. Like, I've heard of it. The the Ikebukuro, not the 60 Tower. But I assume it means it has 60 floors. So, 58 is pretty much top of the building. So, you know it's expensive. The thing is, these were all basically mafia members. And they were celebrating that a member of their group was getting out of prison. Now, I don't know if they'd put that, like, on the placard... That they would put up to say, hey, welcome Toshio from uh, prison. Uh, and then there was cocktails involved because, of course, there's mafia guys, someone's getting a prison at a celebration. Cocktails. Cocktails do have an interesting effect on people who sort of fight for a living. Uh, I go to a thing called a bonenkai. A bonankai is the end of your party, and I go to the one for the judo club. It is the one of the most dreaded social events I have to go to every year. The pandemic has actually meant that I haven't had to go the last couple of years, and I think I've been healthier for it overall. Uh, they there's drinking challenges, but as soon as you're in a room with other men who, basically, you cannot back down from. And I know you're like, oh, this, this is a weird mentality you're talking about, but it is just it's it's hardwired in, you can't get away from it. You can't say no. So I end up drinking like everyone I can, trying to beat them, drinking them under the table. And then I try to make my way home and I'm so, so sick for days now. You hangover used to be the morning, then it was like sort of the, till the afternoon and then it was the entire day. Now it can, it can last literal days if I go too hard and I don't, I drink, but I don't drink that much anymore. I'll have like two drinks in an evening and then I'm, I stop. And there is often wrestling of some sort that happens by the end of the evening. And I feel bad for the staff, but I'm like, oh, push the tables out of the way because this is going to happen. And it does happen. These guys are of a similar ilk, but a more intensity level, maybe? I, it's hard to say. They are. Mem- they were, I, this has been a fun So they got into a big brawl, basically two of the drunk Mafia dudes got into a fight and I immediately, my brain immediately went to like a boss fight in a Yakuza game because in the Yakuza game you have to fight like 500 underlings to get to the boss uh, to whittle down your health items and stuff. So that was my first image was like a guy busts into the room is like, I'm here to defeat you. And then he does. The more interesting, so that's interesting. There was a brawl, called the police. One guy got, like, smashed in the face, but there was a bunch of less smashed glass and stuff. Uh, it doesn't actually sound like it was, I guess it's relatively speaking. No one got killed. No one got hurt so badly. One guy went to hospital, but he got, like, banged in the head. Uh, that's what I do on Monday nights. Get banged in the head, not go to mafia parties where fights break out. Uh, this was the bit I found more interesting when you got in, it got some details. And the details were what this group was. This was a group called the Chinese Dragon which I had never heard of. I've heard of a lot of the major mafia Yakuza families. This isn't one of them. And that's because these are second or third generation Japanese orphans who were left behind in China when China's occupation, when Japan's occupation of China ended at the end of World War II. So these are basically children of war orphans who are nationally Japanese, perhaps, or... Chinese because they were born in China. Maybe didn't find their place in the world, formed a gang, came back to Japan. Uh, I bet there's a lot of like cross. I bet they speak Chinese and Japanese very well. I bet there's a lot of like their business happens both in China and in Japan and is one of the links. So I would assume this is actually a significantly powerful organization because I bet it does span two countries. But I'd never heard of them before, so I was very interested in the Chinese dragons, and their origin story is very dramatic. Like this would be a very good drama, and again, I'm thinking video game yakuza series, very good video game fodder. Uh, You could take the story, you could change the name, so you don't have to worry about them. I guess I don't know, mafia dudes might come after you, anyways. It's it's one of the risks of dealing in that world, Uh, but. If a guy says I'm a member of the Chinese Dragons and you're going drinking with him, be cautious. You know what? I just, Nintendo News Japan does a lot of like sort of PSAs, safety things for, for our audience. Because I care. I care about the safety and general well-being of my audience. And if you're drinking with anyone, you should be cautious. Just be careful. Just be aware of your surroundings and, and, and how well do you know this person? How well do you trust them? Just, you know, always be careful. Just hear care yourself. It's the only person you can really rely on is you. And I care about you. <laughs> wow, that's a weird shift to the next story, which is Japan to deploy attack drones to defend remote <laughs> islands. My be careful message and let's use drones to like attack people is not that doesn't mesh very well. I should I should have thought about that before I said what I said. In 2023 they're going to do a trial. They are trying to find ways to defend these small islands, uh, sort of up north. And they're actually thinking primarily about Russia. And Russia has been behaving poorly lately. Now, what they're saying is in 2023, they're going to do a trial. And then they want to deploy several hundred by 2025, again, if the trial is successful. Now, the attack drones to be tested for defense of remote islands, uh, they have two pictures. Now, they say specifically this is for, uh, like surveillance and observation and just to keep these things safe the picture they used in the news story though uh has attack of use drones and then one is a a drone circling over a city saying vigilance surveillance at areas around garrisons bases etc and the other picture is attacks on enemy vessels and landing forces and it has a drone with arrows going to a boat with an explosion and some people with an explosion so Uh, The message is slightly at odds with the picture they've chosen. I don't know who released the picture or if it was made. Looking at it now, it actually just looks like this was made by the newspaper. Uh, They're talking about the Israeli-made Harop drones and the U.S.-made Switchblade drones, which I'm sorry, I might trash America every now and then, but America really knows how to name its stuff. The Switchblade is like the best name for a drone. Uh, It says, China has been aggressively pursuing maritime advances and said to be focusing on the development and employment of unmanned attack craft. It has been pointed out the SDF has been slow to respond. The Japanese government is working to specify its policy for actively introducing and utilizing various types of unmanned aircraft, including attack drones, not attractive drones, in three documents scheduled to be revised at the end of the year, including the National Security Strategy. Uh, This is a very interesting development in that it does border what is defending your nation. So uh, they've called to revamp the Constitution so that defense as a concept, so right now Japan as a country can only defend itself. It cannot attack other nations. I'm okay with that. But the sort of more conservative elements in the country are saying we want to revise what the word defend means. So one was taking it so far as if, let's say, North Korea, who's been shooting rockets and missiles at us lately, if they shoot a missile, we should have the ability to strike back at them to the point where they shot the missile from. So they're saying defense includes shooting stuff into other countries, which is a pretty expansive definition of the word defense. And as I talk about this, a helicopter goes past again. This happened two weeks ago. Around the same time. I always do the podcast around the same time. It's already gone, though, so let's just move on. I'm just making sure they're not surveilling me and are about to hit me with an unmanned drone. And now for our exploration into racism in Japan. <laughs> I actually don't do a lot of stories like this. It doesn't come up because it comes up. Racism in Japan is very subtle. And so it doesn't get talked about at the same level. Japan's a very homogenous society. Uh, its it's racism is baked in. Might be actually the problem. It's not overt. It's just kind of there. Japanese people actually will do racist things and not see it as racist. Because they're like, well, I'm Japanese in Japan doing Japanese stuff. If you're not Japanese, you can't understand and you don't deserve any any recognition or anything. The Gunma governor defends the decision to scrap nationality requirements for prefectural staff. So currently, non-nationals, so non-Japanese people can apply for 20... There are 36 jobs available in the prefectural sort of government at this level. If you are Japanese, you can apply for all of them. If you're not Japanese, so like myself, I can apply to 20 of those jobs. Governor says he wants to expand the ability for foreign nationals to apply to all those jobs. That's it. And that seems like pretty fair. Um, there are still some requirements, though, but a lot of people were like, no, we don't want non-Japanese people working in the Japanese government. You have to be Japanese to be able to do administrative tasks, which is such bullshit. He, he had an interesting set of statements, though, which I quite, I found again, I found interesting. He Although I will not change my basic principles as a conservative which means he's not exactly pro-foreigner anyways. The conservatives in Japan, uh, the sort of super right-wing ones, actually want foreigners to leave and go back to like the emperor system and stuff. That's never going to happen. This guy's saying, "Like, look, I'm a conservative. I'm not stopping being conservative, but we have to face reality. The economy would not function without foreign nationals in construction, nursing, tourism, services, and elderly care. So he's saying, look, we got foreign people working in Japan. We need those foreign people to continue to work in Japan. They, because they pay taxes, they, them working in government offices shouldn't be off limits. He also asked for understanding in coexisting with foreign residents to the foreign people. Now, since September 26, when these statements were made, there have been 70 complaints since the announcement. I actually was going to calculate how many complaints today per day, but it just basically seems like, like let's just give it one per day. Yeah, that's about right. Uh, maybe one or two. But some of the statements, again, if you asked a Japanese person if this person who made the statement is racist, they would probably say no. And that's what I kind of mean what I said earlier. It's like baked in racism. The first question I really enjoyed is, will they comply with Japanese law? So the question being, can a foreign person not break the law? Do they, you could, okay, let's be generous first. They could be saying maybe they don't understand Japanese laws because they come from a different country. So will they follow laws or will they take the time to learn the laws? But I think if you want to be critical, which is of course what I want to be, what they're saying is Japanese people are good, honest people. Foreigners aren't. There is a problem in the news, this being a general news show. Uh, I read the news a lot. When a crime is committed by a foreign national, that is part of the initial headline or the first line. And it gives the impression that foreign people commit crimes at a higher rate than other people. There, We do a lot of crimes on this show, and an incredible minority of those are committed by non-Japanese. But if you ask a Japanese person, one of these ones I'm kind of talking about now, who would make a statement like, will they follow Japanese law? If you said who commits crimes, they would probably say mostly foreigners. There was a, this is a long, long time ago, like 15 years ago. There was a minister who said that genetically Japanese people do not commit crimes. So only people whose like genes had been sullied by foreign DNA committed crimes, which I was like, oh, I don't, really think that's how it works but those days were more fun they made way more racist statements publicly this podcast is going to get less entertaining the more woke Japanese people get because we won't get as many like ridiculous statements there was another complaint I wrote down because I quite enjoyed it this could lead to voting rights for foreign residents because that's a bad thing so I am a foreign resident I'm literally the person this person's talking about lived in Japan for 21 years now. I pay taxes. I've paid taxes the entire time. I pay into the pension system. I pay everything I'm supposed to pay. I have no right to vote and therefore I have no influence over the people I pay my taxes to who make decisions on my behalf because I am a citizen in that I pay taxes and live in this city and stuff. So I like the idea that if we give them jobs, they might even want rights. Like, what kind of world are we living in? And again, if you ask this person, are they racist? I guarantee they would say no. They would say it only makes sense for Japanese people to be allowed to vote in elections. So foreign residents shouldn't have voting rights. Failing to understand that the nature of citizenship is changing. So uh, I was born in the United Kingdom, went to Canada when I was a baby. That's why I don't sound British or Northern Irish in this case. Grew up in Canada. Seven years living in Canada, I was a naturalized citizen. I just became Canadian. 21 years in Japan, I do not just become Japanese because of how much time I've lived in this country and contributed and I have two kids and a whole family and Dave and all this other stuff. But yeah, the idea, a lot of Japanese people can't conceive of the idea of giving voting rights or the same rights they have to non-Japanese. Because if you want those rights, you should go back where you came from. The irony being, if a Japanese person lived in another country long enough, they probably would want to become, they would probably see it as a, as a, a right or a fair thing that they have the same rights as the people around them. Anyway, as it's interesting. An examination, I actually, again, I would assume these are older people. Uh, I don't think younger people feel exactly the same way, but I find it interesting because, again, these people do not see the racism that they are putting out in the world. They just think this is the natural order, which is racism. So, this is actually, again, it's weird because foreign nationals can already apply to 20 of 36, the expansion to just 36. Uh, but there is one caveat that there is no plan to allow foreigners to become managers. So there is, uh, the glass ceiling was supposed to be like a phrase about women not being able to move up. Uh, This is a, a foreign glass ceiling. So I don't know if we have to make a new phrase for it or not. So you can work in the prefectural government in Gunma, but you will never be anything above a manager. You will never be a manager or above, which, I mean, there's progress, but also it's disappointing that in 2022, this progress still needs to be made. One of the large telecoms in Japan has decided to try to crack down on Ore Ore scams. Now, Ore is me in Japanese, Ore, and uh, it's called Ore Ore Sagi. And what they do is what people are doing, they're, they're calling up hopefully older people. So they just basically call numbers maybe at random. And they go, it's me, it's me, I'm in trouble, I need so much money. And they start talking really fast and they create a really panic situation where the older person, they're hoping that their the mental capacities are such that they actually just follow instructions because of the panic they instill in them. And it has worked. And companies and families and stuff are like, we need to find better ways to stop this because Japan having such a large older population, a lot of them live on their own, they, they have uh, very little recourse, like they can go to their bank account and transfer money without anyone asking them any questions because it is their money. Uh, but this scam is pretty common. The, the, the telecom is proposing that AI is used to listen to the calls. And if the call, like dialogue or vocabulary seems suspicious, the AI will call or send an email to relatives or family members, or I guess like whoever con- you, you put down as a contact information. This would require a dedicated device connected to your home phone. So it's not like something that would uh, listen to your, like it wouldn't be on my cell phone because it's a thing you have to attach so that it can, you know, take all the words. I, I immediately went super conspiracy theory and was like, oh, no one will ever abuse this system and listen to for other stuff. But as soon as you say you need a dedicated device to connect to a home phone, which is a landline, and that's actually a pretty rare thing. So I suddenly was less concerned about it, like invading my privacy, because, yeah, whatever. Oh, this is tragic. Kyoto has a temple, and that temple was built between the 14th and 16th century. It's, a, it's an all-wooden building, and this is like a national heritage site. And this person got in their car, and they confused the acceler- uh, they had the car in reverse, and when they hit the accelerator, they thought they were going to go forward and they went backwards and they drove into the temple from the fourteenth century. Uh, but it also housed Kyoto's the Japan's oldest toilet, and that oilest oldest the oiliest, that oldest toilet was damaged. They had a picture, but it was just a car and like a big broom. I couldn't see the toilet. I was only looking for the toilet. I was going to share the picture, but since you don't see the toilet, I wanted to know, was this a hole in the ground? Was this an actual sit-down toilet? Like, I wanted to see what the toilets were like in the 14th to 16th century. And that were this, was it still being used, like, in use? Was this, like, a, a functional toilet? I, there's a lot of questions. Uh, but I think they just want to say that Japan's oldest toilet has been damaged. Uh, I don't know if they're going to take the time to restore it or not, but uh, the Buddhist priests, I assume, are now praying to Buddha to repair. No, you know, you know, they're not. Just let it go. That's what Buddha says. Just let it go. So that toilet's gone. Let's move on. Get a bidet. The Abbey funeral. So I was not a big fan of the Abbey funeral. Not be for political reasons. I was just like, an a state funeral. I was like, okay, yeah, if you want to do a state funeral, go ahead. I did not realize how much it was going to cost. And this being taxpayer money, now. Oh, I guess I'm not Japanese, so I don't have a vested interest in how my taxes are used. I don't get an opinion on that, as we, we learned in our previous story. But on behalf of Japanese people, I was like, you guys are planning to spend a lot of money. They estimated it was going to cost 1.66 billion yen. As soon as you get into billions of anything, pesos, rupees, or whatever, uh, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of money. Uh, But it turned out to be cheaper than they expected because it was only 1.2 to 1.3 billion yen. They said the reason that it was down about 0.3 billion yen was that foreign guests stayed shorter than expected, which is fine. Uh, My problem is I don't believe you should be spending billions of yen on this. If I when i die not if when i die if i die no if i die cuz i may not we don't know i might be the first if i die spend as little money as possible if i get super famous and i become prime minister of japan and they want to have a state funeral for me say no or someone hold on to this clip i do not want taxpayer money spent in any way on my funeral and i want my family to spend as little as possible because let's face it uh, the good times were while I was alive and just have a party. Go out to Izakaya and have a good time and and, you know, talk about all the dumb podcasts. Oh my god, they could play hours and hours and hours of me droning on about stuff because of all the podcasts and all the other things I've done. It's insane. So, yeah, if we get into that situation, don't spend any money on me, please. Uh, donate to charity instead. Our last story of the day, it's our gross, creepy story. A teacher in Sapporo, which was apparently the most attractive prefecture, but I think this might make it a little less attractive, evaluated his students, which is you know what teachers are supposed to do, evaluate their abilities, uh, the grades. These were all sensible things to keep track of. Uh, But apparently, this teacher was going above and beyond, but in the worst way possible. He was also rating the physical aspects or evaluating the physical aspects of only the female students. And that alone, you can tell how gross it is. Like, that's enough. I actually don't have to continue the story. Your imagination will fill in the rest. It'll probably be just as gross. I know the reality is pretty gross. He ranked the students based on estimated bust size. And they also got sort of small descriptions like she's got the right shape or just luscious, which is gross. I mean, there's just, (sighs) okay, I'm not, I was about to give advice to a criminal, but I actually even don't want to in this case. I would rather you just get caught and get in trouble and be the grossest person. Face it, criminals don't write stuff down. He also rated the male students, but not in the same way. He wasn't like, mm, luscious. He was saying, uh, so grades and a cheeky brat and an absolute pest. And then they found in these files also some secret photos that went along with each descriptor. So <sighs> please don't do that. I mean, that's, I think, all I can say. Just please don't do that. I shouldn't have ended the show on that one. I'm struggling a lot with my... So I was, in the last couple weeks, struggling with conclusions. Maybe it's because of the stories I'm picking. Maybe I have to pick a different story to end on. I thought it was good uh, conceptually. Do the stories and do light and get grosser as I went. So all the gross stuff was packed at the end. So if you don't like gross stuff, the actual idea is that you could stop early. You could not listen to the last like five minutes if you don't want to listen to gross men stealing underwear stories but then also it's at the end so that people listen to the whole episode because i know if you're creepy and gross you're going to listen to the whole thing there's a dual purpose to that yes usually i give advice to criminals uh but in this case Don't be a teacher. How about that? I'm actually going to take a different route. If you are this creepy and gross, and you think like rating people and and putting evaluations on them is a good idea, don't go into teaching. Uh, I think you will get caught eventually. It might take a long time, but you will get caught because you're disgusting. (laughs) Is Is that a conclusion? Is that a thing? Is that an ending? I just... I think about what would happen if I found out my teacher had done that about my daughter, and I I lose my mind, and apparently you're not allowed to kill people. But since I'm a foreigner and I have no rights, do the laws apply to me? Will I follow the laws?